The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 346. Episode number 345 was at Wrong Crowd Beer Company. Good times had by all, I hope. Certainly good times were had by Brandon Lee Gowton and myself, Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, we did a live show, uh, Wrong Crowd Beer Company. Very fun. Shout out to our friends at Wrong Crowd Beer Company, Pete, Dan, Alex, Jonah, Kelly, the bartender, Gene, uh, Dan Klausner, our friend from Righteous Felon, also stopped by, uh, gave out free jerky, which was nice and free hats, uh, some other free stuff. The Wrong Crowd Beer Company folks uh, had some free stuff for people, too. Um, and thanks for like all the people that showed up for that event. Like uh, some of the names that I remember, Brian, Joe, Chris, Matt, G. Marie, our good friend, yes. Rich Bobby. Uh, Jack Fritz from Shout out to WIP Jack. lives in the area. He's a friend of ours as well. He showed up. Um, so yeah, I mean, everyone was very cool. Um, we, it was a Q and a episode. So I'm thankful that there were enough people that weren't shy <laughs> about coming up and, and asking us questions uh, for the podcast. But uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it went really well and I was happy with, uh, with the turnout and uh, we're really appreciate We're really appreciative of the people at Wrong Crab Beer Company, Dan, our friend from Righteous Felon, and everyone that came out. To I see echo us. all those things. It was a great time to meet everyone. If your name wasn't included, we're obviously uh, excluding you on purpose, and we hate you. So sorry. No, sorry. It's just, you know, there's a lot of people, nice people, yeah. didn't get everyone's name on the sheet, but um, certainly anyone who took the time to come out and talk to us as well, especially really appreciate your support. I heard a lot of good stories about, you know, just being people with on their commutes and stuff. And I think that's, that's cool and that's fun. And it speaks to what we want to do here, which is, you know, talk about the Eagles, but also have a nice little fun community where, uh, and I always say, Jimmy, you're really good at this. You help people have fun. And I think that's the the reminder. That's the goal of this. We're just trying to have a good time and, uh, you know, enjoy what we do, um, which I think shines through. Uh, I think I also... like kind of the thing with podcasts is, if you listen to a podcast often enough, you kind of feel like, you know, the people that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, you know, I listen, I listen to some of the other, uh, you know, Eagles podcasts. And I listen to, <gasps> like, yeah, I, 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 you know, I forget what it's called. Uh, I forget what the, the Dana Carvey and David mm. Spade podcast is called. I listen to that. 
listen to a few others, but you start to feel like, you know, the people that you're listening to. Uh, and I think that some of our listeners feel that way a little bit about us. So it's good to get to know some of the people that stopped by last night and talk to them about, you know, their jobs and their lives and such. That's called a parasocial relationship, Jimmy. Like when you oh, feel like you know okay. someone there or you're like, you kind of know someone, but they don't know who you are and everything. So it's nice to make that into actually more of a normal two way street and relationship and get to meet people. Also really exciting development to me was when we met our friend Brian and he told us he was the one in the Robert Quinn Jersey <laughs> at Eagles training camp practice that one day. <laughs> yes. um, I don't know if he wants me to out his story, so I don't, I won't reveal the details, but um, we finally have a reason behind that it has not, to do with him being a Robert Quinn fan is what I'll say. And it just has something to do more personal related. So I uh, really like to get the the mystery behind that solved. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, the, the people are our fr- fine friends at wrong crowd. Um, it's a great space. It's just a lot of fun. They have great food, great beer. Um, it's just, it's, it was a, re- a no brainer. And then righteous felon too, for again, for Dan to bring a lot of that and for people to enjoy hope people, maybe some of, some of them enjoying for the first time, um, we'll talk about that more later in the show, but for now, I think we should, we should jump in. Jimmy, it's our first Eagles preview show. They have a football game on Sunday, buddy. Of the 2023 season. We're recording this at three twenty <laughs> on Thursday, September 7th. So the NFL season officially begins tonight with the lions and chiefs battling it out in Kansas city. So, uh, it's very exciting to be here. Jimmy, what better way to kick it off than, your first Eagles versus Patriots observation. I feel like we should start with the Eagles offense versus the Patriots defense. Yeah, I thought that there, I don't know if you saw the the Mike Martz quote from on like the, the 33rd team or whatever, where uh, <laughs> or whatever. Is that what that's what it's called? Right. The I don't 33rd know. Team? Yeah, it is. But it's just funny. <laughs> the Joe Banner website. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to knock him. I actually like like that website, and I think they do a good job. But they had Mike Martz had a had a quote on there that he, oh, let me find it real quick. It's, he said about Bill Belichick and Jalen Hurts. Belichick will try to take the quarterback out of the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, really? Now he's going to try to make the opposing quarterback play badly. What a the the man's genius just knows no bounds, Brandon. The Eagles are going to be screwed when they just take Jalen Hurts away. He's just gone. He's not even there anymore. He said I'll have an answer for the RPO. He's going to make miserable. He's going to make life miserable for Hurts. And uh, it's weird because you know, in researching the Pats' uh, 2022 season, they actually struggled against running quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson uh, had a big game against them. Um, Who's the other one? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. So who, one of the Bears' three wins. <laughs> one of the Bears' three wins last year was against the Patriots. They actually smoked them mm. in New England, thirty-three to fourteen. Fields rushed fourteen times for eighty-two yards and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson rushed eleven times for one hundred seven yards and a touchdown. That was another home loss for the Patriots. They beat. That, they beat. That them was by Robert two Quinn's that last one. game with the Bears before the Eagles traded for him. Oh, by that's the way. funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so um, you know, it's something that they've actually struggled uh defending in, in recent years. I will say this, the Patriots have a very good defense and a very so they have two of the more underrated pass rushers in the NFL. In Matthew Judon, who's awesome, mm. 15 and a half sacks last year. He's a player I don't really isn't in the front of people's minds when you think about the best pass rushers in the league, but he's up there and then uh Uche. Forget his Josh name. Uche. Josh, I can't even remember his first name. That's this guy's really good. Is. I don't remember his name. <laughs> but he's like a 
sort of a sort of like a short squatty kind of guy. He's like mm. six six one, like two fifty, something like that. Kind of like a a smaller Brandon Graham type of build. Uh, but he's quick and he's short. And I feel like those are the kinds of guys that give Jordan Mailata some some trouble um, because he's so tall and, and big and those guys can kind of get under him. So I, I wonder if that's maybe a matchup in the favor of of uh, the Patriots. I'm not worried about Lane Johnson against anyone at this point. You can put, like like Lane Johnson said after the 2017 season, like who am I going to have to face next, Godzilla? So like that you could put Godzilla out there and I wouldn't, I, I'd still give the matchup advantage to Lane Johnson over Godzilla. Uh, but yeah, anyway, they do have two very good pass rushers and just a very good defense overall. I don't think the Eagles are going to have trouble scoring against anyone personally, uh, no matter how good the, the defense is. Like Dallas was arguably, you know, one of the best defenses in the, in the league last year. The Eagles scored against them with Hertz and without them. So, you know, they're going to score against anyone. But I do think that this is a, a very good Patriots defense. I do like the Godzilla movies that have come out in recent years. I actually do enjoy those for whatever reason. Okay. I don't know if that's like a guilty pleasure thing or what. Also, I am pro Godzilla over Kong. I mean, come on, give me a break. Godzilla would destroy Kong. It's such a it's such a fictitious thing. And he also did in the movie. He did actually win. Anyway, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, uh, Patriots defense certainly, I think, is the challenge for the Eagles in this matchup, at least, you know, relatively speaking here. I like Judon a lot, but it's not like there's like a lot of star power on the Patriots, especially relative to what they used to have, you know, Devin McCourty in his prime. Right. Um, who, I mean, just, you know, think of Patriots players of the past, you know, and you, that spans a long time, but they, it feels like they used to have more prolific star players. And I don't sure. think they quite have that kind of same uh, power anymore. Still some high profile guys, as you mentioned, um, including Christian Gonzalez in there as well, who is a rookie that, you know, a lot of people thought the Eagles potentially could draft. He was in consideration for them at once upon a time, at least in the, mm -hmm. the mock draft perspective. Um, I guess the question I have in my mind is, you know, is Bill Belichick like threatening anymore? And that's not just from a defensive standpoint. That's an overall standpoint. Like, like who is Bill Belichick really in the, the post Tom Brady era? And I posited this question to our colleagues over at Pat's pulpit. I have not seen their answer yet. That'll be on bleedinggreennation.com for our question and answer exchange. But I basically, you know, tried to ask them like, like that same question. Who is he? post Tom Brady. Is this a coach who gives his team a significant edge over the other team? Is this a coach who has exceeded expectations, met them or underachieved since Tom Brady left? Is this a coach that has an advantage over Nick Sirianni or does Nick Sirianni have the coaching edge in this one? So those are things I've been thinking about. Do you have anything on that? I think he's still a great coach. I think some of the shine is off of him after Tom Brady left and then immediately wins the Super Bowl without him. So like, you know, I, I think that uh that points to Tom Brady being the more important uh person of that duo over the last, you know, two decades that they were together, uh roughly. So yeah, I mean I, I think he's still a great coach. And like I said, that defense is very good without the star power. So he can, you know, as assemble and and uh get his get a defense to execute uh at a high level even without, you know, the star players or whatever. Um, offensively, they were a hot mess last year and he's got to take some ownership in that. Like he's got his hands all over that team, every aspect of that team. Like he's not just a defensive guy. He's all over the offense. He's all over the defense. He's all over special teams. He's all over the front office decisions. He's, he's part of every 
thing that goes on in that building. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some of the blame of, of the, the failures on their part on the offensive side of the ball, by the way, Matt Patricia is part of that too, mm. who's now on the Eagles staff. Um, but like, I mean, like that, that, that falls on Bill Belichick to some degree, to a big degree, obviously, um, th- with the, with the way the, the, just the horrible offense that they had a year ago and not to get off track here, but, uh, I mentioned Pat, Matt Patricia, like the Eagles coaching staff from Nick Sirianni to Sean Desai to, um, uh, Brian Johnson, uh, the offensive corner, they all said how helpful Matt Patricia was in the week of preparation for this game, you know, having spent some, so many years with the Patriots, um, they pointed more toward like the personnel perspective, like uh, sort of hints on, you know, what players did well, what players did not do well, maybe more so than just overall scheme and, um, you know, offensively and defensively or whatever. So, you know, once they, once this game kind of got here, that hire started to make a lot more sense. Like, you know, when they, when they first hired him, it was like, what, what are you doing? And then you kind of forget, Oh yeah. The Patriots are the first team on their, on their schedule this year, which, you know, that first game you want, obviously you want to win every game, but it's kind of a big deal to get that first win under your belt in week one. So um, I think that hire makes a lot more sense having sort of seen the lead up to this game, but, you know, getting back to the Belichick thing, obviously he's a great coach. Like you wouldn't take him, like, would you, how many coaches in the league would you take over him? I'd take Andy, um, well, I think if we're talking about legacy, obviously that's factored in, but I'm saying let's rank uh, the question. I think I actually asked the Patriots writers specifically. was like, how would you rank the post Tom Brady, Bill Belichick among yeah, current okay. coaches? Like, where would you yep. put him, that version of this coach? And I don't think that's totally unfair to do because I think that's what we're seeing now. Like that's, that's who Bill Belichick is now. So right. I'm trying to contextualize that. I don't think he's, you know, pathetic and a joke, but I don't think he's, terrifying anymore he's very much mortal yeah I, I agree with that and like i said like you know once tom brady left and immediately won a super bowl somewhere else again like it was like okay well that guy was probably a little more important than that i mean that should be so obvious not that like just to, <laughs> this is a whole different topic yeah. but to me i i i was thinking about this actively recently just like I just feel like coaches, because I always think back to how much blame Doug got. Not to say Doug was blameless, but like I feel like people just so disproportionately blamed him for everything that went wrong with the Eagles. And it's yeah, like clearly it was the quarterback. It's like yeah, that's what I mean. But people have such a hard time accepting that. But at the same time, look at their valuation. Carson Wentz is making what? What, the, what did he get paid at that time? Like you know, one hundred and fifty million, whatever million dollars he got. Yeah, Doug Peterson's making like it was six, the most guaranteed money ever in the NFL at the right. time. Doug is making like five million a year. So like, yeah. If the if the coach is that much more important than the player, then why the heck is he making like a so much less than him? Not to say that coaching isn't important, but um. And speaking of coaching staff, I wanted to run through some of the assistants that the Patriots have here, specifically on defense. Um, really up and comers in the league, guys who um uh got their start, made got their foot in the door, and really worked their way up. Brian Belichick, the safeties coach, uh <laughs> Steve Belichick, the linebackers coach. Yeah. So you know it's really the best and the brightest here, and definitely no other reason for uh connection. Joe Judge is also there as an assistant head coach. Kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Uh jokes aside, the Eagles lost to him twice. At least once. That's definitely once. They lost in the game, the first game after Judge got mad at them for Once in tanking against the Commanders, um, but so, it didn't yeah. matter. It didn't matter that he lost because their their season was already like 
deep in the toilet. They also toilet. didn't play well. It's just the Eagles like played worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway, right. Right. Uh, Jared Mayo, who actually is someone who is considered, and uh, once upon a time, I think his owner, was... t- the owner, talks him up all the time too. And there's some it's... thinking in New like in New England. I don't follow this closely enough because they're an AFC team, but there's some thinking in New England that like Bill Belichick's job could not maybe. I mean. I don't think they'd be fired or anything, but like if they were to part ways or something, force them out. It, it used to be, you know, Josh McDaniels was sort of the guy pegged as as the successor to Bill Belichick, but mm-hmm. now it's Mayo. Sure, and the Eagles, I think, have interviewed him in the past for, if not a head coaching position, when they got rid of Doug, definitely I think defensive coordinator at one point. They've had interest in him in the past. That's been reported, so um, he's considered an up and comer and kind of part of the de facto DC thing. I mean, at least in the past, that seemed to be like split between him and Steve Belichick uh, to some extent. Um, So there's that on the Matt Patricia point. I wanted to get back to that real quick because it seems a little silly, you know, to hire a coach like that just for one out of 17 games. But if you're going to do it for any game, you could make the case that the first one is important, not only because like you said, that importance of like starting off on a good note, starting at one and zero, but also because it's the least amount of like preparation in like you have a lot of time to prepare but you don't know what you're preparing for necessarily because of it's a whole new season you know you're not Mm -hmm. looking at certain things you've already seen on film this year and going off of that as much as you're going off last year but there's changes and twists to that um so i definitely think there could be a little bit more of a bonus when you actually have someone who was in-house there and has that familiarity and kind of help you prepare a little bit more for that ultimately i think even with all the good things we said about the Patriots defense, I mean, Eagles still have a lot of offensive talent yeah, here yeah. and should be able to overmatch them. You talk about the quarterback mobility and Hertz's just ability to run around being a big factor and that helping the Eagles potentially in a big way. Um, I think I don't see the trio of AJ Brown, Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. I see the Patriots having excellent answers for all of those players and, even if you do, they're just so good that they're going to get theirs to some extent anyway. So, I mean, I don't know that I'm saying the Eagles are going to put up like 40, but I do think they should be fine offensively. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts, by the way, is sort of um, underappreciated, I think, not locally, but uh, nationally for his ability in the pocket. Like he's a, he was a, he was an amazing pocket passer last year. And uh, you mentioned the receivers, obviously AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, the Patriots have sort of an interesting quartet at corner. You mentioned Christian Gonzalez earlier, the rookie that went 15th overall was thought of as a, at one time as like a top 10 pick slid to 15. They, I'm sure they were happy to get him there. Uh, he'll start. He's a rookie. They're going to target him. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. He's a rookie. They're going to, they're, they're going to test them. And then their next three guys are all, they're all, their last name is all Jones. So like, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of get to know these guys a little bit, but there's Jonathan Jones, who mm-hmm. has been over in, in the league for a while. He'll be a starter too, whether that's outside or inside, he may start outside and then move inside on, um, and when they're in nickel, there's Jack Jones who got in trouble this off season, uh, has gun charges against them. At some point he may be suspended. He's probably the third best corner. Dropped. Oh, they were they okay? No, yeah. I think I think, but he, he's still maybe being investigated by the NFL. Correct. I don't think it's whatever, whatever it is. I don't think it's he's. I don't think it's over with for him on that. He may be suspended at some point, so to be determined, like if his role is diminished because they're maybe anticipating that down the line. And then there's Marcus Jones, who um, is you know led the league last year in punt return yardage, 
and like took the ball away a ton uh, in college at Houston. These guys are all small. So Jonathan Jones is 5'10", 185. Jack Jones is 5'11", 180. Marcus Jones is 5'8", 188. And when you look at the Eagles receivers, Christian Gonzalez, by the way, is big. He's, you know, he's 6'1", like 210, whatever he is, and he can run. So if they play a lot of straight man, then the matchup there is clear. He's going to be covering A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. But if they get, if it, you know, if they get A.J. Brown matched up against any of these other guys, and hell, like Devontae Smith, these <laughs> yeah. are two of the best contested catch receivers in the NFL. Pound for pound, Devontae Smith is the best mm-hmm. cont- contested catch guy in the NFL. Like for like a guy that's 170 pounds, the way that he wins so many contested catches is just crazy. So I, I don't think that uh, Jalen Hurts will fear testing any one of these guys because, again, Gonzalez is a rookie and these other three guys are small. Also, Quez Watkins is not not a contested catch guy as well. True. It's not like something yep. you know you're banking on often, but he can do that as well. So we've seen also, it in practice, less so in games. <laughs> true, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes, I have seen it in practice. It's not something that is totally a non-starter. With Jack Jones, he was also limited in Wednesday's practice on the injury report mm-hmm. with a hamstring issue. Um, I haven't seen enough to know if he'll play or not. It seems like I guess he will. I haven't seen anything that says he won't. But still, that's also another thing to kind of keep an eye out for. It might not be a hundred percent. Um, yeah, I think the Eagles are like, you talk about how they're going to come into this matchup. I don't really think it's like anything. It's only, it's only it's like pass, 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 run, run, run. I think they, um, will skew pass over run I agree. in part because that's where your talented players are anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I do think they have the matchup. I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of not, <laughs> it's simple. It's like, they have really good pass catching options. Just get the ball to them. Don't overthink it. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I just written like my 10 Eagles predictions for the season. And what I do when I do that, sometimes I'll look back at like the previous year's 10, whatever, like the same article that I wrote a year ago. And the first thing on there was the Eagles are going to transition from an extremely run heavy team to a more balanced offense. And like looking back at that a year later, it's like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but at the time, like it wasn't like no kidding. But, you know, a year later, you know, A.J. Brown has, has 1,400 receiving yards. Devontae Smith has 1,200. Dallas Goddard would have had 1,000 if he didn't get hurt. It seems like, you know, ridiculous to even say that uh, a year removed. But I think what they're going to do is transition from, you know, sort of that run-heavy team in 2021 to a more balanced offense in 2022. And I think they're going to be a little more pass-heavy in 2023, particularly with the addition of, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift out of the backfield as a receiver. And I mean, just the further development with Jalen Hurts and his re- and all of his receivers. Anything else on this side of the ball? No, nah, I think that we covered the uh, the main stuff. Um, in, uh, we're going to see a little bit of everything, I'd imagine, from, from the Eagles. It'll be interesting to see sort of how that running back rotation um, kind of works out in week one. But I think the offense is going to look very similar than it as that, that it did, you know, a year ago. Well, let's take a break here, and we will come back with the Eagles' defense versus the Patriots' offense. Jimmy, back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to <laughs> botching this really bad. Back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Listen to this carefully. This is a very important announcement. Discount BGN20 for 20% off your order is going away the day after the Eagles' first regular season game here against the Patriots. That is on September 11. So make sure that you do not miss out and you capitalize on this limited time offer before it goes back down to BGN 15. Write a reminder on your phone right now, pause the podcast, um, you know, or go to righttoselling.com and use that discount code BGN 20 for 20% off your order. Maybe you never had right to selling and you tried it for the first time when you came out to wrong crowd beer company the other night. And if you liked it, then this is what you do. You make sure you buy in bulk so you get some savings and you throw on the discount code to get even more savings. BGN20 at RighteousFelon.com for 20% off your order. Also, the same discount code works at WildRangerPet.com if you're looking for discounted dog treats. So Actually, uh, I am one of those people that like tried a, a, tried a new flavor this time because the, the only free one that was left after like everyone had sort of uh, ransacked the free righteous felon stack was maryland monroe which Mm. i'm not a big like i'm not big on like the like the crab spice like the crab fries i think are a little overrated um just that kind of flavoring doesn't really do it for me but i and i have it here jimmy's holding it up to the camera he is i I housed this bag wow he really did it's empty he's showing it housed this bag of Maryland Monroe. I don't even, like I said, I don't even normally like that kind of flavor, the crab fry flavor, but this is jerky. That's like, you know, that sort of has that crab spice freaking delicious, dude. It was so really good. good. And you can also pair it with your wrong crowd beer. Um, that's right. It's a, it's a good combo. Uh, I'm also, I was wanted to do this. I'm not going to read it for you right now since I'm going along here, but I was looking back at the original ad copy that I used to read for every single, you know, right to sell and read here. And just to hit on some of the key points, they're served at the Eagles Novacare Complex Fueling Station. Not only just the jerky, but also the snack sticks, the meat sticks, which I like a lot. Those are some of my favorite offerings. My mom actually sent me a screenshot today of the order that she got from my dad. Um, So she's buying them, and my dad's enjoying those. Um, It is where the Eagles players get their pre- and post-workout protein fix. If it's good enough for the Eagles, it has to be good enough for you, too. It's also based in Westchester, PA. I believe you can go to like their headquarters there and actually get some there if you're out there. And hey, if you're already out there to get some of their locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, uh, you can also check out Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester. So it's kind of just uh, a no-brainer. We're, we're really becoming big, Jimmy. And uh, BGN Radio is becoming huge in <laughs> Westchester, West yeah. Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, again, com. Quartering the Westchester code. business market. We, we really are. It's a nice town. Um, yeah. It's also available in giant grocery stores. Obviously, the discount is an online thing. But if you want to try it first before you commit to a bigger order, you can just, again, try one pack of it and then see if you like it, which you will. And then you can get that bulk order at RightToSellIn.com. Okay, let's move on to the Eagles defense versus the Patriots offense. I think this is the kind of like the the big thing going into this entire game is the fact that the biggest mismatch, I guess, if you will, Eagles. Yeah, it's a, it's strength on strength, Eagles offense versus Patriots defense. And I think this one is a little yes. more slanted toward the Eagles. Lopsided because that Eagles defensive line is still very good and capable mm-hmm. of creating pressure, at least theoretically. And that Patriots offensive line is not in good shape. Jimmy, I feel like no. you have the full <laughs> breakdown of this. 
but just from my perspective, it's shaky. Yeah, I mean, their line isn't great to begin with. So from left to right, it's Trent Brown, left tackle. Their left guard is Cole Strange, who they weird first-round pick a year ago. Strangely. Uh, at, out of uh, Chatta- Chattanooga, I think it was. That's uh, it, Tio's like, college, right? Yeah, 29th mm-hmm. overall, I think. And then David Andrews has been there a long time. Mike Anwinu, who is mm-hmm. one of their best players. like He's a he's like a 350-pound right guard. And then Riley Reef, who has been in the league for a while. Riley Reef went on IR, so he's out. Their backup right tackle, or at least one of their backup right tackles a year ago, Connor McDermott started six games for them at right tackle last year, also on IR. Mike Anwinu, the aforementioned Mike Anwinu, uh, he's, like I said, he's one of their best players. He was on pop to start their training camp. There's some chicanery going on here, mm. maybe, <laughs> from the Patriots because they activated him from the pup list uh, on the practice before their final preseason game and why that why that's relevant is so like he didn't do much in that practice but he was out there on the field did a little bit didn't like participate in team drills or whatever didn't play in the third preseason game but what happens after that third and final preseason game is training camp's over so media doesn't get to watch practices in full anymore you get to watch them like stretch and then you get kicked out so it's a mystery how much on is actually practicing Nobody would know, like unless somebody from inside leaks it. But there's, you know, nobody's saying anything out of that building. So I think it's interesting that, and the Patriots are smart with this kind of stuff. They had him practice before that third preseason game to leave some kind of, you know, doubt whether he's going to go or not. I think it's, you know, some gamesmanship on their part potentially. So again, we don't know how much he's practiced. He did show up on their injury report. Was limited in practice on Wednesday. Uh, we don't have the Thursday injury report yet, but I'm sure you and I will both update with that when, when it's available. Uh, then a left guard, Cole Strange, uh, shaky rookie season to begin with last year. And then he got hurt in training camp. Like after like the first week, he missed a couple weeks of camp. He's limited on their practice report. Uh, so again, same kind of thing. Nobody knows how much he's practicing. Um, you know, after that third preseason game. So both of their starting guards, it's really a mystery on, on, you know, how how available they'll be. They drafted three interior linemen in the draft this year. So they have three rookie interior linemen. Probably the first guy up would be City Sal. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Um, but he played, uh, he played guard in college, but has mostly been playing right tackle. Uh, throughout camp uh, for the Pats. So to be determined where they play him. And then Antonio Maffi, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or mm. not. Um, he would potentially play guard um, depending on who, you know, who's available at like right tackle, all kinds of different candidates they could play there, whether it's Calvin Anderson. He has just 71 career snaps at right tackle. The Patriots traded for Tyrone Wheatley 11 days ago as of today on, on Thursday. Uh, he was with the Browns. He was actually enjoying practices with the Eagles. Hmm. Um, so uh, it, when, when, when the Browns were here in Philadelphia, traded for that guy. They have another guy, Vidarian Lowe, who they traded for from the Vikings. Uh, Typically, he, he played, ele- he played not- 11 snaps <laughs> for the Vikings. Or I'm sorry, 33 snaps for the Vikings last year at left tackle, not even at right tackle. Anyway, I've said a lot of words there, hmm. but the bottom line here is they're in trouble. 
So, like, you know, you look at the Eagles' uh, pass rush, and you got Hassan Reddick, you got Josh Sweat, you got Brandon Graham, you have Nolan Smith out there now. You have Jalen Carter, who was a beast in the preseason and training camp. You have Fletcher Cox, you have Milton Williams. That offensive line is in trouble if, uh, if you know, one or – I mean, certainly there's going to be one guy out. Right, the right tackle is going to be somebody different. And if one or, one or both of those guards are also out, big-time trouble for that team. And I can't see a path to them scoring many points if if they're missing so many guys. There's a headline on Pat's pulpit right now, which is the Patriots version of Bleeding Green Nation. That is, I'll redo the exact headline. Pat's okay. pulpit debates, colon, who do you want to see at right tackle against the Eagles? Like it's, You're not in a good situation <laughs> if you're like debating yeah. who should start for you on the offensive line going into right. week one. And all those trades that the Patriots made, like clearly shows they don't love what they've been seeing. They don't have like immense confidence either in the health and or the performance of their current players. Right. And I don't know if you touched on this there. Um, Hopefully you didn't because then you won't accuse me of not listening to you, but (laughs) even if I did say a lot of things, (laughs) yeah, if they, that's what I'm uh, saying. I don't know if I missed it, but even if they're all healthy, they missed so much, like they missed time in training camp to gel and like play together and have that kind of continuity. So it's, and also probably aren't going to be a hundred percent. Like they're going to be hobbled, (laughs) you know, like on Wino's injuries and ankle, uh, Cole Strange, what was he? I'm looking he, at the injury report he, here. It was, an, he it was, was a leg. A it was, it was a, le- a knee left leg. Okay, it was a knee. All right. So yeah. a knee and, a, and an also, not good. Trent Brown, I think, will play. But he missed, uh, or he was limited on Wednesday's practice with an illness. They're starting left right. tackle. He'll probably be fine. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, again, it's like even less time that they have all working together as a cohesive unit, trying to get all the same page and have their timing down on things. So, And also, I think... <laughs> exacerbating the issue for them, for the Patriots with their offensive line. They have a quarterback who I think is very offensive line dependent. It's not like they have a guy back there who can run around and make people miss and kind of make the offensive line look better than it is. They have a quarterback back there who, I mean, in theory, you know, can have a quick, quick, quicker release, get the ball out. Did you happen to look that up? By the way, I was curious. I I, I hadn't looked that up. Like how Mac Jones time to throw. I don't have it from last year, but I remember looking at it in the past because I was looking at him compared to, especially earlier on his career to relative to like Justin Fields and some of the other Mm -hmm. quarterbacks. And I remember it was on the faster side for sure. So that's definitely something that he fits that profile. Yes. So, um, well, what does that mean? I mean, he's the kind of quarterback where he's going to have to get it out to be effective. Agree. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a Kirk Cousins kind of, you know. Yeah. Uh, So so that's something that working in his favor. But if you do make him hold on to the ball, I mean, he's not going to be able to escape, you know, the Eagles pass rush chasing after him. So I definitely think that's a huge concern for the Patriots, especially. It really seems like this is a game plan for the Patriots where they're going to try to run the crap out of the ball. Oh, yeah. No because doubt. Because that's probably their best bet to not put their offensive line in a bad spot where they're asking them to drop back a lot and asking Mac Jones to mm-hmm. throw a lot against this pass rush. They're going to try to run the crap out of the ball and um, keep reminder, Jalen Hurts off the field. Keep Jalen Hurts off the field as well. Yeah, try to shorten the game. I definitely think that's the strategy and that I would go with if I was them. Ramondre Stevenson is a really nice running back and he's a really good player. Definitely think he has the physicality to kind of, you know, handle that workload and kind of be that guy to keep just chugging along three yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing. Um, Eagles run defense is a bit of a question mark. That's certainly not an area where they finished the season strong last year. I mean, in the Super Bowl, that like as recently as then, sure. that was an issue. I think you're really hoping that Jordan Davis can, you know, be impactful in the middle there in this the big Jordan Davis game. I like, I like that you brought him up. I, I failed to mention him in my, in my five matchups to watch. And 
uh, reading back through it, I was like, oh, I should have had him in there. But it's a big Jordan Davis game for sure. Because those backs are big. Ramondre Stevenson is, you know, six foot, 227. Ezekiel Elliott, six foot, 225. By the way, they're not, he's not 225. That guy's at least 240. <laughs> like, like, let's be real about these heights and weights that, that, that get published. Those guys are, are bigger backs. So it'll be a test for the Eagles in terms of, um, um, you know, trying to stop a power running game, which is sort of what the Chiefs did to them. Like, it was sort of a power attack in the Super Bowl. And I think the, the veterans on the team will be eager to get back out there and, 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 you know, prove that they can stop the run. And I mean, th- it should absolutely be that the Eagles' defense's focus is mm-hmm. to stop the run in this game, you know, get them into, you know, third and long situations and then just pound that, that offensive line with the pass rush. Yeah, I don't think it's a situation where you're worried about the Patriots' running game knock on wood so much being like oh they're gonna slash us you know like pop break off 20 yard runs constantly as much as it's that constant like jordan howard kind of churn of just this guy is falling forward for four yards because especially zeke and especially in his prime but even i think current zeke is still capable of that to some extent where okay you got him down but um he still got like three yards and he, he falls forward. You're not stopping him for a two yard loss. You're not getting to him like that. And that can kind of that consistent kind of grind, I think can kind of wear on you, especially over the course of a game. So I agree with you, you know, getting them off script, um, a penalty, knocking them back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like a case to be made that the, the pathetic Jonathan Gannon approach uh, works. That style works in this game where you're kind of like trying to make them go on a longer drive and dare them to continue to kind of keep that consistency and not have a point where they get set back as opposed to trying to force the issue as much and force that turnover and make them uh, have that bad play. It's like that Washington formula last year when they got, when they had their first loss last year, Mm -hmm. when they just Washington ran it on first and second down and they only gained like three or four yards. Mm -hmm. And then they kept converting these short third downs all day Mm -hmm. or all night or whatever it was. Um, they had a high, like really high third down conversion rate in that in that game. Again, they're all third and shorts, uh, but that's that was effective for them. And then they had a lot of weird plays go their way, and that sort of tipped the, the edge in their favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that'll that'll no doubt be the what what the Pat, the Patriots' strategy will be in this game. A couple more things before we finish up the second segment here. I wanted to ask you. Uh, well, I guess we should get. Uh, well, I'll ask you the question first. How do you think? The Eagles handle the safety position next to Reed Blankenship. That's still kind of a question mark here. I mean, the Eagles are listing Justin Evans slash Terrell Edmonds at the top of their depth chart there. They're obviously also not necessarily settled at linebacker because mm-hmm. um, they have, you know, Zach Cunningham and Christian Ellis slated there. Although I think it'll be more, you know, Cunningham well, starts. I think the they are. I think they are settled there. I think it'll be Zach Cunningham. I like, agree I with that. Christian Ellis is going to start. They had like <laughs> they also had running back. They listed four guys. That's so, right. One of them, one of them's probably going to be inactive. So like, uh, it's funny that they that they mess around with the depth chart that way. I did think it was interesting at least that they didn't have Sidney Brown as part of the uh, the first team along that, with you know the other two guys. So I think that yeah. tells you that he ain't starting. So it'll be Terrell Edmonds or Justin Evans. I think it's going to be Justin Evans, and I think. Terrell Edmonds is going to play maybe Yikes. more of a like a, a sub package role as sort of like a dime linebacker. I think I, I could be wrong. That. I mean, I mean, what 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 they could also do is just Edmonds could start, and then when they get into those sub packages, he plays the dime linebacker, and then Justin Evans comes in. Could also be a total misdirect and yep competitive advantage, and they do put Sidney Brown out there. I don't expect that. <laughs> right. If they did, he still wouldn't play a hundred percent of the snaps. He would be a rotational kind of thing, and they would. I think they're going to mix guys in there, not quite 
identical, but somewhat similar to the, the running back position where I think they're still figuring it out a little bit as they go. And, you know, it's, it's an evolving competition. It's not something that's done and dusted. We didn't talk about it. I guess, you know, we're probably both expecting DeAndre Swift to be the top running back in this game, right, early on. I do, yeah. I mean, he's the best. He's the most talented of the of the Eagles backs. And um, I think we talked about this during the live show, but um, they, in that first preseason game, he got two carries. One of them, he looked great. And they were like, all right, get him out. He's done. And that was it. You didn't see DeAndre Swift the rest of the preseason. You, you barely saw him in, in practice. Like you didn't see much of him enjoying practices. I think they're just safe. They're putting him in bubble wrap. Be ready for the regular season. And then that's when we'll unleash, unleash you. Uh, and I think we're going to, I think it's going to be, he's going to be the primary guy against the Patriots week one. I agree with that. And then let's get to this last thing that we should mention in here. I feel like the special teams battle is certainly more noteworthy than it is. I think in most weeks, because Patriots have a track record, having a pretty good special teams unit yep. and the Eagles, especially recently do not as much. And also <laughs> yeah. don't even have a, <laughs> yeah. a punter on the roster currently, although it does look like Aaron Sabas will be the guy there. Michael Clay basically alluded to that during his press conference on Thursday. Also, it's Thursday as we're recording this, and the Eagles have not signed another punter. They would have signed another punter if they were going to have that guy be right. their punter because you want him to, you know, be part of the operation and practice with the the long snapper and the mm-hmm. field goal holding and everything, the timing of that. So my my theory on how they're going to handle that, by the way, since it is kind of frustrating that they're at this point, why have they not just signed another punter they worked out for? And when you look at Braden Mann's stats who uh, was cut by the Steelers. He is he was decent for he was decent last year. And same thing for, Gilligan. For Gilligan, yeah, Blake Gilligan as well. Like those those guys are inarguably upgrades on Aaron Sipos just from yes. an objective standpoint. And they might not be like massive upgrades, but they're definitely not as bad as him. So <laughs> right. I'm really hoping that the Eagles are um I mean, I'm hoping by now they would have just signed another punter. But going with how they're going forward, I'm guessing and I, and I, we talked about this also on the podcast, and I don't think they should be giving him more of an audition, but I guess they're kind of giving Sipos two more weeks because they can elevate him two more times. Um, they can elevate him twice from the practice squad before having to decide whether they want to use a roster spot on him going forward. I think that they're going to give him these two weeks, and if he doesn't look great or good, I'm hoping they're just going to, at that point, cut bait and bring in a new punter on the roster and figure it out at that point. We'll see. And then punt returner, do you think it's going to be Olamide Zacchaeus or do you think they're going to call up Britton Covey to do it's that? It's going to be Covey because like Michael Clay got asked during his uh, press conference today uh, about the punter and the punt returner. And he said, well, I think at this point uh, you can tell what's going to happen there. Mm. <laughs> so like I think, you know, because basically like they don't they don't have another punt returner on the roster either. I mean, that's a little more gray area than it is. Do you have a punter or do you not have a punter? Zacchaeus could in theory do it, but as I've alluded to over and over again, he has three career punt returns. You don't, you don't want to throw a guy like that back there uh, in a regular season game on a, you know, especially against a team that you're definitively better than and a special teams play could swing the outcome. So I think they're going to elevate Sipas and Covey uh, week one. And then, you know, of course they'll have to have two extra guys down uh, as inactives as a result of that. So the Patriots, as you mentioned in the live episode at Wrong Crowd, have a threatening punt return man in Marcus yeah. Jones, who led the NFL two and a or sorry, not two, twelve and a half yards per return last year. So certainly the coverage team 
will be tested as well. The punter, if the if the Patriots have like a punt, if they have a touchdown, if the Eagles lose this game, <laughs> and like Aaron Sipas is a reason why, like, how do you feel if you're the Eagles? How do you feel about that? How do you right. feel? Do you feel like really stupid and dumb? I'm not saying that's the most likely outcome, but that is a possible outcome. And would you feel that same way if you got a new punter in here? No, you wouldn't. Cause you'd be like, well, at least we tried something new and it didn't work out. You're going to feel so stupid if he cost you the game. And yet they decide to flirt with this for some reason, for no good reason at all. Possibly. It is. They brought, they worked out a lot of punters for like, were they all just like, were they just missing the, like the, were they just kicking and like the, the ball landed on the ground? <laughs> That's like the bar to be, you know, to be better than I'm kidding, of course. But like, Come on. Then one of those guys wasn't better. And also who cares about the workout? You know, you've seen their body of work yeah. over their careers. Right. And it, recently, and Aaron Sipas looking really bad in training camp. Like, yeah. His, his workouts were terrible all summer. How could anyone be worse than, than what he showed in the preseason games and in practices? It's so annoying. It's just so annoying because it just feels, I, I hope it's not hubris. I feel like part of it might just be hubris. Cause it's just like, Oh, what does a punter really matter? And that's like conceptually not totally untrue, but in this case, <laughs> just fix it. Come on. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, that's all I had. Do you there have are anything options. Else? Like there are options. Yeah. And all, and again, well, here's the thing. Okay, they cut Sipas. Is anyone coming after him? Really? No. <laughs> right. He's on your practice right. squad now, and you already cut him, and no one came after him. Yeah. So anyone what, can have. Anyone can grab him right now. So what is the harm in just trying something else? Because if that guy somehow was worse. Then you just go back to Sebas, resign him, bring him back if you want him so badly. Why are you not trying it? Why? What is the point of not trying to be better? What is the point of that? What does that accomplish? Yeah, it's guy uh, that you know is bad versus guy who might be bad. I'll take might be might bad be over no, he's bad. <laughs> right. Oh, it's so fr- it's just it's very frustrating because it just feels very fixable. It's just like just do it, just you know, do yes. the easy thing. Okay. Anything else that you have before we take a break? Yeah, one more thing. Like they have two big tight ends in uh, Connor Henry and Mike Jasicki. Um, Kobe Dean's five eleven. I don't know. Just worth pointing out. I think mm. that there's a big size mismatch between their tight ends and the Eagles' top linebacker. I don't know how much they're you know if they're in man coverage. I don't know how much they'll be sticking to Kobe Dean. I mean, they're, he's going to have to, I guess, cover them. Uh, and in zone coverage, you know. They can just sit down in the zones where Nicobe is. And I guess there's some risk in throwing the ball high and having it sail and getting it picked. But um, I mean, there is a, there is a big height mismatch there, particularly between Jasicki, who's six, six, seven inches on, on Nicobe Dean, which is, you know, it's meaningful. So um, be interested to see how Sean Desai game plans around that. And also how Nicobe plays. I think it's a fair point. Uh, you have pointed out Nakobe finished training camp strong, but I still don't think he's like a sure thing by any means. Right. And even in your predictions that you had for the season, you predicted something to the effect like Nakobe Dean will be fine, which is yes. fine. But it's also not like I think that's <laughs> yeah. short of people's expectations for him. I think when people think of Nakobe Dean, they think of like great player on Georgia defense, playmaker, star, or like really good player. You just said fine. You were like, yeah, not an issue, yeah I mean, he might be that in time, but I don't think we're going to see that in his first season as a starter. Yeah, I'm saying I'm not saying he can't get there, but I'm saying if we're talking about the expectation, I think the expectation is more that he will be fine than he will be yes. amazing. So Correct. it will be very interesting to see. I still, you know, he still has much to prove. And now it's a regular season game instead of just the preseason. So let's see how he rises to the challenge. 
uh, especially not just in coverage, but also against those big running backs like you talked about and yep. in run defense. And if that's an issue, I'm less so, concerned about with him on that than I, I am. agree that that is his biggest strength, but I also want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I guess okay. the concern there is he, I don't I think it's tackling as much as it is. Once he gets a blocker on him, he mm-hmm. struggles shedding that blocks him against bigger guys. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how he does that way too. Why don't you tell me, Jimmy, before we go to break about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Yes. If you're looking to buy or sell your home, call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon. Back after this. We're back here on BGN Radio, Bleeding Green Nation Radio, where you can check out my written content and bleedinggreennation.com. You can also check out Philly, uh, phillyvoice.com for Jimmy's work. And also, uh, we're also brought to you here on BGN Radio by our good friends, Jimmy, over at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right. With the season back in swing, each week we will be cooking up our own same game parlay which if you don't know it's uh you know you're basically you're making up for our purposes here it'll typically be three different things that you're betting on all together happening and they all have to hit for you to win that bet and if you do typically there's good odds on it because it's harder to do three things versus one thing um so uh, throughout the season, we'll be cooking up our own same game parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage. I think if I'm not mistaken, too, you'll actually see like a Bleeding Green Nation logo there. So you can see it's like our parlay. You can see it right there um, for all of you, our loyal listeners, fans to follow along with. This week, Jimmy, the, same, the, the Bleeding Green Nation same game parlay I came up with is Eagles money line. So Eagles have to okay. win the game, uh, which they're favored and there's a good chance they can do that. AJ yep. Brown, anytime touchdown score. I like that in part because okay. of the Juju Smith angle. And it's kind of like the, after, you know, Juju and AJ Brown or AJ Brown kind of went at Juju after Juju did that weird trolling video. And I also think Nick Sirianni. Very, just objectively unfunny. Yes. Video that it, like he's a dork. <laughs> also, Juju Smith Schuster is a nerd. Is it never made I sense? I was talking about this. Even RJ Ochoa, a Cowboys fan, admitted this <laughs> on the mixtape this week. It never made sense how he went after Juju went after James Bradbury either. James Bradbury is very soft spoken and isn't like this big trash talker. <laughs> right. And also, right. famously admitted after the Super Bowl that Larry didn't make excuse for the penalty. Exactly. And why is he like tr- like? Okay, <laughs> he's like, yeah. You, you know, I, you better sp- better said Juju Smith Schuster is an idiot. He's a clown. It's just, I, I think he's just dumb. He's just a dumb guy. Yep. So uh, I think it's not like we've talked about before. Nick Sirianni is pretty intentional. And I think even like Jalen Hurts, there's a lot of intentional people and players in this organization. I think they would love to get A.J. Brown a touchdown. Specifically, <laughs> okay. if he's uh, not, not, not that's, that's up against Juju. But I think for the sake of like kind of sticking it to Juju a little bit. So uh, I like and also A.J. Brown, a really good player. And as you mentioned, could be going up against a rookie in Christian Gonzalez. There could be a double move. You know, there could be a coverage breakdown. I just really like A.J. Brown 
And if uh, not, a bunch of undersized other corners. Yes. So and it's just awesome. So I'm going to bet on that. Yeah. And then last thing I have is Patriots under 24 and a half points. We talked about how the offensive line probably like going to be one. an issue. They're not yeah. scoring 24 points. So um, <laughs> I did a safer one there just to try to yeah. you know make <laughs> yeah. sure it could potentially hit. Overall, that's plus 265. So a $10 bet on that, just for example, would pay out $36.50. So not a bad uh, you know proposition to make if you like those things. It's obviously up to you at the end of the day. Um, for the disclaimer, Jimmy, it's a long one, so sit tight for a second. <laughs> Maybe put the podcast up to one point seven five or two x if you yeah. want. All right, obviously, you know, listen to it because it is important. Don't skip over to. I need you to listen to this legally. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit www one eight hundred Gambler net in New York. Call eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Okay, Jimmy, for the listeners who don't know, well, I mean, you can't do the snoring. It's very exciting to bet at DraftKings Sportsbook. We love DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, Jimmy, for those who don't know, you and I do weekly NFC East picks against the spread each year. I actually beat you last year. I couldn't find the final results exactly it was close you're smoking me for a while and then i i had a furious comeback and then i think i fell short leaving the divisional round i was 42 37 and one and you were 37 42 and one so you were under 500 and there are only three games after that because it was the championship all right i think that was super bowl i think before the divisional round i narrowed the gap well i'm saying just by mathematically i don't know what it finished at but i definitely won because it was mathematically for you to beat me impossible i think that's at least two years running but definitely i had my worst year picking on my site like i was 500 on the nose on my against the spread that's the worst year i've had uh since i've been with philly boys so i need a bounce back season here and i think comeback player of the year you and i both went 15 and 5 straight up when we picked the eagles okay so um uh, yeah not that. great we tied on that one <laughs> yeah that's just the context for you so we're going to go through each nfc east game although we will also be including the new orleans saints because the eagles own the Saints' second round pick this year so we might as well monitor that one as well are you ready to begin the picks jimmy yeah let's do okay. it okay titans at saints saints are three-point favorites in new orleans i'm gonna keep this short and sweet i think the saints are better then the Titans, I'll take the Saints. Titans offensive line is a disaster. I mean, Andre Dillard's their starting left tackle, and <laughs> there are at, there are at least two starting offensive linemen that are worse than him. So, uh, yeah, give me the Saints all day on that one. Okay. I like, by the way, week one, I love finding the teams that have shitty offense, excuse me, uh, right. offensive lines and going against them because uh, they are usually just not ready for the season. Saints and the, the Titans, s- are top, Titans are top of the list for me on that one. Saints have the second easiest schedule this year in terms of uh, projected win total, uh, if you go by that. So mm-hmm. might not be the best year, potentially, for that Eagles second-round pick, but whatever. They'll still take it. Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals, coached by massive big loser energy <laughs> fraud Jonathan Gannon, yeah. who potentially lying about 
saving the Eagles season slash trajectory in 2021 when he apparently he claimed in an interview with the athletic Zach, Zach Kiefer that he was the one who went up to Nick Sirianni and told him to give up the play calling to Shane Steichen. I saw Marcus Hayes write a column for the Inquirer that explicitly refuted that, according to sources, that said that conversation never even happened. I would say that it is relevant that Jonathan Gannon has been caught just lying blatantly. Several times already. Yeah. For no good reason. What's funny within that article is he, he backtracked on the story where he said that like reporters told him during a press conference, I, I want you fired. (laughs) He said, he said, yeah, that didn't happen. Mm. Uh, I misspoke. What had happened was I had heard on the radio that uh, that's, you know, so a radio host said that and blah, 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 blah. But then it also goes on to say in the article that uh, at some point during, I think it was during the 2021 season, he had stopped, he had turned off everything. Like he had just stopped listening to everything. Mm-hmm. So he stopped listening to everything on the one hand, but on the other hand, he was listening to the radio and, and hearing about people wanting him fired and not only hearing about it, but making a big deal about it during his was that his initial press conference with the Cardinals, by the way, where he said that stuff? Or was that like a subsequent one? I'm not sure. But whatever the case, you can't have it. Like one of those two things is a lie. You either you, you didn't turn off your to, to like everything being said about you or you, you know, you whatever. Who cares? He's a liar. He's gone. The Eagles are so much better with that guy. That whole article, by the way, Zach Kiefer did a great job, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because it comes off as polite. And as if like, it's not a hit piece, it's a hit piece. That is a hit piece on Jonathan Gannon. It didn't Make have no to mistake. be. It didn't have exactly. to be a hit piece. Jonathan it's Gannon exactly. made it a hit piece. Exactly. But the, the way he wrote it, it's kind of genius. Like it's a hit piece, but he comes off as polite and like, you know, just putting out Jonathan Gannon's message, which is just, I'm not a leader. The, the, the message of that, of that piece was Jonathan Gannon is in no way whatsoever a legitimate leader in really in any way, but, but certainly in, as an NFL head coach. Number one, F you, Jonathan Gannon. F you, dude. <laughs> F you, super hard. Number two, uh, I can't believe there are people here, in, including in Philadelphia. I mean, no, mostly in Philadelphia, I believe, like defending this guy still. Just because it's always like, oh, the defense Wait, is why? good, blah, blah, blah. Why? Why? What, 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 what is he? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Even if you're looking at all of that stuff, even if you're looking at things like that, like objective, whatever, just hold on, put that aside for one second and tell me these vibes are good. Tell me these are the vibes of someone who is successful and <laughs> yes. smart. And actually everyone else who's mad about him is just dumb and wrong. And and uh, like, cause that's the argument. The argument is like from that side is like people just irrationally hate Jonathan Gannon. Really? After you're, you're backing the guy who did the pew, pew, pew thing. And like the, <laughs> I forget the Mexico thing, the Mexico, like just what about this? And the, and the most recent clip of him, on that video the Cardinals tweeted out where he's talking about, like, fire in your gut. And did you take the bus? Yeah, did like, you take the bus? Did you drive what here? What is going on? Who's buying that? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who, like, how are you possibly thinking any of this is a good vibe? I, it's, I, it's so perplexing to me. Like, it's it's such bad vibes all around. There's debate if he's going to be one or one and done in Arizona or not. I almost think he won't be just from a standpoint. I think the Cardinals are going to be bad anyway. I feel like you take the opposite side of that, maybe. And if he's just such a fraud, they just get rid of him. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they they have to they have to look at like what he's done before he's even coached a game, the things that he said, and the way that he's presented himself, and they have to. That there's no way that people in that organization are like, oh man, this guy's not good. There's no way that like that there isn't somebody in that organization sure. that sees it and is gonna you know alert whoever the powers may be, like, yo, this guy ain't it. By the way, what'll be hilarious is if they go like zero and seventeen or one and 16 or two and 15 or whatever. And they have the number one pick and Caleb Williams is just like, Nope, gonna, <laughs> gonna go back to USC. I'm not going there. The great Sam Lynch, uh, put out on Twitter today. Like that happened in, uh, you know, back in the day when Peyton Manning was at mm. Tennessee, he was very clearly going to be the number one pick after his junior year. And the rich Cotite jets mm. had the number one pick and Peyton Manning was like, Nope, going to stay at Tennessee another year. And they wound up taking Keyshawn Johnson with the number one pick, terrible number one overall pick. And then Peyton Manning comes out the following year. And, you know, of course he goes to the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm not the biggest college football guy, but my understanding is it's more viable to stay in college than it used to be because of the NIL and everything Like you can actually, right. You get paid you know, yeah. make more money. Now, he already so. is getting paid. He's got commercials. Caleb Williams. Yeah. I, I saw him in the Wendy's. He's a freaking Wendy's <laughs> yes. commercials. Not a sponsor, but I saw him in those. Okay. Anyway, um, it's a big line for the commanders, but I do think there's something to that stadium is going to be juiced for the first time in a very long time. I think it's their actual first sellout in forever and yeah. the Cardinals are frauds. I think Josh Dobbs, who sounds like the starting is like a nice player in theory, but he also like recently only just joined the team and hasn't even had a long time to like get <laughs> right, you know, um, adjusted there. So, and also uh, I think our good friend, Shil Kapadia phrased this in his weekly uh, uh, picks against the spread for the ringer and i've i do this in my own sometimes too it's like i have to make a bet sometimes that i just i which what would i regret more betting on like mm-hmm. you know maybe i don't win this one but at least i'm like well i don't regret not it trusting in yeah. <laughs> that person <laughs> right. so i can't how could you possibly trust in jonathan if i say well i don't think the cardinals will win but they might cover it. no i'm gonna take the commanders and i will feel good about it yeah, now that you mentioned that, I, I'm I'm lamenting not taking that game as one of my picks for the week. Uh, but yeah, certainly uh, I'm not trusting Jonathan Gannon in any way. I'll take the Commanders minus seven. All right, uh, that brings us to the well, in Cowboys order, and Giants. The Eagles game will be next, but we always do the Eagles yeah. pick last, you know, because why not? Uh, Cowboys and Giants on Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys are three and a half point favorites against the New York Football Giants. Where are you going? See, I've seen this at three as well. I love them at three. 3.5 is, I mean, only 5.5 points more. Uh, But if you think that the Eagles own the Giants, and certainly the Eagles do own the Giants, well, guess what? So the Cowboys. Cowboys have won, I think it's six straight against them. They've swept them each of the last three years, and they've won 10, or excuse me, 11 of the last 12. Mm -hmm. And then the Giants have also not beaten Dak Prescott in their last 10 tries against him. So it is complete ownership of the Cowboys over the Giants. Uh, Even in a year last year when the Giants played above their heads, Cowboys basically owned them last year. I don't think either of those games were particularly close. I'll take the Cowboys. I'll lay the points all day. I have a little bit of a system that I've set up here, thanks to our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. So as you might know, I'm a big fan of the emotional hedge. So what I have done here with DraftKings promo, because they're running a promo right now called like the no sweat bet, which is basically Mm -hmm. it's up to $10. And if you lose that bet, you get it back as a bonus bet. 
So you don't actually get your own $10 back, but you get a $10 bet that you can place worth $10. Um, what are you looking at, Jimmy? Uh, there's a huge bird circling around, and I'm wondering if is Butters is outside. Eh, okay, it looks well, like a hawk. Hmm, well, be careful about that. Kristen, is Butters outside? Jimmy's checking in on the status of his cat. Making a lot sure of not... birds. Scary outside. Very scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the system I have it. here, Jimmy, is <laughs> that if so, I'm betting on the Cowboys. I have ten dollars on the Cowboys money line to win this game. If they lose, the Giants win. I'll be happy because the Cowboys lost, and I will not make the ten dollars, or I will not get my sorry the reward of my ten dollars. I think it's like I, I it pays out sixteen, so I win about six bucks if the Cowboys do win. But if they don't, I get that $10 bonus bet back. I will then use that bonus bet back on the Cowboys the next week when they play, I think they host the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, famously a Cowboys killer uh, at AT&T Stadium. I will then mm-hmm. use that bet on the Cowboys again. So at that point, either the Cowboys will go 0-2, which would be very great for my brand and mental health and enjoyment, or I will at least get some money back at that point. So basically... In a way, I might be paying $10 for the Cowboys to go 0-2, and that to me is a worthwhile bet. In this case, though, I agree with you, and I think the Giants have too much of a track record of not being able to beat the Cowboys. Very frustratingly so. It's like, you know, as uh, an Eagles perspective, you're watching that, and you're like, come on, Giants, because most of the time the Giants have been worse than the Cowboys. You're like, you know, help us out here. Just, you know, we know you stink, but just find a way, you know, to maybe inexplicably beat the, the, the Cowboys and help out the Eagles. And they never do. They never come through. Washington tends to be the team that really gives them some trouble. So the Cowboys. They it have, feels like yes. every year the Washington has like a, 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 a like a game where Dallas plays like garbage and they lose to Washington. I don't think the Giants deserve that benefit of the doubt, just like they don't deserve it against the Eagles because they also can't beat the Eagles ever. So until right. they actually do that, <laughs> right. I will I will not just blindly bet that it's finally due to happen. I will also take boats, the... boats poorly for their chances of winning the division if they can never beat two of the teams in their own division. You would think so. <laughs> that brings us to our final pick. It's the Eagles who are four point favorites, which I think is a suspiciously like kind of low line. It feels low, yeah. I, I mean, it's a road game. It's week one. There's Brady stuff one. going on. So, it, like normally, Eagles fans travel extraordinarily well for road games, and especially for a road game that's it's like a four or five hour drive, mm-hmm. very manageable. It is. There are not going to be many Eagles fans there. I mean, it's going to be almost all Patriots fans because they're honoring Tom Brady at halftime. So the ticket sales for this game are like the the prices are astronomical they're really hard to get because they're honoring tom brady so it's going to be a heavy heavy uh patriots crowd they'll be all liquored up it's a late afternoon game so uh i mean i think there's something to that um more normally again sure. like there are a lot of eagles fans of road games and i think that kind of gives the team a boost um, especially so, against, yeah, like, an out of conference opponent you know where there's not necessarily a lot of juice not like a rivalry game yeah but also, Eagles are kind of hateable to them because they beat That's them in the true. Super Bowl. So, you know, there's something to that. There's Lane Johnson comments like the mm-hmm. players don't like having players don't have fun when they when they play mm-hmm. for the Patriots. Winning et cetera, is et fun. So there's some there's some you know there's some hatred toward the Eagles from from that fan base. Certainly, certainly there's hatred for the Eagles fans for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about that. But um, I just look at this line and I go, uh, the Patriots. I don't see what they have on offense. Uh, they have good defense. They just got nothing on offense. The Eagles have a lot on offense, and the Eagles have kind of a lot on defense in terms of pass rush, at least. Pretty simple to me. Eagles are just a way better team. Give me the Eagles, and I think they cover by 
I think, significantly more than four. I think they win by two touchdowns. For as much consternation as there's been in the past about, will the Eagles even be ready for the season? If they're not playing in the preseason, they're practicing, blah, blah, blah. Eagles have had no problems coming out strong in week one. Yeah. In the Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni era, they started hot against the Falcons in 2021. They started hot against the Lions last year before the Lions kind of snuck back into the game. Um, but ultimately, Eagles dropped 38 points and finished that out. So uh, still a pretty good performance by them on the whole. I think the Eagles are going to start strong once again. I think Jalen Carter is going to announce himself early. I think he's going to have an impact in okay. this game against that bad Patriots, that struggling Patriots offensive line. I think Mac Jones just it doesn't have and i i'm someone who i feel like has been relatively higher on mac jones to the others i don't like love him i'm not saying he's an elite quarterback but i feel like you kind of can make it i think if you put him on the 49ers i think he's probably their best quarterback right now potentially and he could have some success there i think like you know he can be that kind of kirk cousins quarterback who if you give him a lot of help you can win some games probably not against the better teams but you can kind of mm -hmm. be respectable at least not a total joke uh but that being said Again, you put him behind this offensive line against this Eagles pass rush, I think it's going to be a problem for him. And that Eagles offense, I talk about a lot, like things or players or coaches or whoever who do deserve the benefit of the doubt. I know it's an off new offensive coordinator with Brian Johnson, but there's just so much freaking talent there that I'm going to bet on that. And I'm going to bet on the Eagles to be able to score enough. I have them winning this game 27 to 20, the under over under for this game, by the way, is like 48 points. So just to right around there, slightly under. I have the Eagles winning, advancing to 1 0, starting off the season on a strong note, like they have to, because it's a tough schedule, especially later in the year. And it's they have to bank these wins early on, including what I think is a very winnable game here. I think I had it 29 17. And to your point about them being ready for regular season games after kind of having short practices and certainly not very physical practices. The offense is executed. I think the one concern maybe is early in the year last year, they struggled tackling uh, and they got that cleaned up yes, around, the game, you know, week point. six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. So that'd be the concern for me, but certainly they're, they've come out and they've, the, the offense has looked sharp in each of the first two years in the Nick Sirianni era. What, what is, I know you're not arguing this, but it's just the funny, the people who like would focus on the downside. What do you think has ruined more seasons, poor tackling or massive injuries to star players? It's mm. tough to, tough to weigh. Tough one there, hmm. but yeah, your point Although, well taken. <laughs> if you're the you're the Vikings, or sorry, no, if you're the Saints, then certainly the poor tackling was a, a big issue for you in the Minnesota miracle and whatnot. But you get my point. Okay, any final thoughts by you, Jimmy? Yeah, uh, entering the Novacare complex today. Uh, I don't know if so. If for those of you who have never been there, you pull up and there's a gate, a couple of security people there, and I would go up and I would say Jimmy Kemsky media. And then they check the list and I show my credential and they let me in today. Uh, as I pulled up, I had the radio on. It was a little louder than it normally is. I didn't have my credential handy. It was in my bag. So I pull up, I hit like the, you know, the power window button for the window to go down as I'm like, you know, looking for my credential and my, and I'm like turning the radio down and I find my credential and I whip my head around. Cause normally I'll, I'll they're, they're not right outside your window, the, the security people, when you pull up to the gate, they're standing at the gate, which is where like the front of the car is. So you have to kind of stick your head out the window to say, Jimmy Kemsky media. And then they check the list and they let you in. So I whipped my head around to stick my head out the window and went boom. 
smashed my head against the window, which hadn't opened. Like, you know, the power window, like there's, like, you press it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go down. All, if you have to press it down hard and then it'll go down all the way on its own. Mm-hmm. But if you don't press it down hard, it just goes doop and it goes down like a centimeter or two. <laughs> and I, I smashed my head hard Jeez. on the, on the window okay? today. Yeah, I'm fine. It didn't really hurt bad, but like it was embarrassing. And the, the security guy saw it. And like, I think he was like trying not to laugh. And then I rolled the window and I'm like, it's okay. You can laugh at me smashing my head on my own window. It's fine. <laughs> and then he did start laughing. Nice. But a uh, very, very embarrassing moment for me entering the Novacare complex today. Well, you're not, not everyone can laugh at themselves, Jimmy. That is a skill, by the way. So kudos to you for being able to make fun of yourself. I think that's very endearing. And I think people like you a lot because you can do that. So. Uh, props to you well thank you buddy for being a real one um my final thought is are you ready to pay up on this bet where you owe me a pizza because carson wentz oh, is not on a week one oh, roster that's that's a bad beat for me I, all right what do you want well we have to talk this through i mean you did say okay. if i'm not mistaken unfortunately i think i can find the audio if you you doubt me and i really I no, I through. remember making the bet. Yeah. What happened on the episode where we recorded it and somehow accidentally, like halfway through the podcast, every line started repeating twice. Like we were saying every line twice. Uh, so we had to scrap okay. the podcast. Yeah. Uh, from posting it, the, 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 that part of it, cause it just sounded unlistenable, but uh, we had made a bet and I think we talked about it later. I think I brought it up again at another time where if Carson Wentz is not on a week one roster, cause the, the, the sentiment of my bet was that he is not willing to accept a backup role. And I said, the, vo- the the bet to me would have avoided no one wins. If he signed to a team that had a Teddy Bridgewater kind of situation where like the starter clearly went down right before the season and they had to sign him to be their emergency starter. I don't doubt that that he would sign in that scenario. That was not never a doubt in my mind. I just doubted that he would ever be willing to accept a backup role. And officially I mean, he has until 3.59 on Saturday, right before he can uh, sign. I'm going to hold out hope. Um, (laughs) But, you know, he's missing practice time at this point. And also, if he signs to a team, the team has to pay him his full salary the whole year, as opposed to waiting after week one and bring him on. It's not happening. Yeah. yeah, So it's probably probably not happening. Uh, I've been, you know, very cautious oh, about that bet. not bringing yeah. it up because I've like I don't want to jinx it. Like the finish <laughs> lines and the lights at the end of the tunnel, I can see. I don't want to jinx it, but It'd I think very funny gonna, if he jinx it now. <laughs> I mean, it would be, uh, but we're in a safe spot here where you owe me a pizza. We'll have to talk about that. Um, Do you know where you're going to order it from? Well, I remember you specifically saying. I remember you adding stipulations. The one thing you said is like we'll throw in an app there too, potentially. I don't know if I need that. I can we can negotiate that, like mozzarella sticks or something. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to be picking. That's from definitely a place. something I would say because I always order something along with a pizza whenever I order it. Very fair. I don't know if I'm going to be ordering potentially from a place that has that. It depends on the place, so I don't know okay. if that really applies. Um, I was talking to Pete from Wrong Crowd about this bet last night, and he was <laughs> like, you should have him do Angelo's, because I think part of the thing that we made was um, you have to order it, too. This isn't as simple as just like, here's... Well, whatever. I can order it, but have it delivered to your house, though, right? Or... I don't I want could, to pick it up. I think that's, that's, that's a, fair. That's a gigantic waste of time. But I think the thing with... So the thing with <laughs> Angelo's, which is what like my a1 or 1a favorite pizza place in philly it's that and pizza john as like 1a 1b okay. i think the thing is sometimes it's hard to get through on the phone okay so uh what sometimes about, like, not doordash or uh, they don't deliver I, I would i can go pick it up i'm i'm close enough there to where i can get there 
Um, what would DoorDash or Grubhub deliver from there, or they don't do that? No, no, no delivery oh, okay. there. You got to go pick it up. But I, I'm not. I can do that part. But I think maybe I, I will count on you to uh, coordinate with you. Maybe uh, place the order or something. We can figure that out off the All podcast. Right. But let the record show that Carson Wentz is not on a roster as the 2023 mm. season is starting. I think that could change if there's injuries that pop up. Uh, I do think that could change at some point. But it's funny um, how his like his stance sort of changed as the offseason progressed. Like as we started getting closer to the season, it was put out there. Uh, yeah, maybe he will be open to a backup mm-hmm. <laughs> to a backup job somewhere when it was pretty clear there wasn't going to be any starting open starting job openings. Mm-hmm. And then it was the, the weird picture that of him with the Eagles helmet. I don't think and... I think that only hurt him. I don't think that helped him. Helped <laughs> of course, him. it only hurt him. It's crazy. It's insane. It was, it was the Eagles helmet, the Washington jersey, jersey and the Colts shoes or whatever. Shorts. Colts shorts. I think it was. Yeah. What a weirdo. <laughs> such a weird thing to do. But not only a weird thing to do, but then even weirder to actually like tell whoever, hey, take a picture of me like this and let's make sure <laughs> right. this gets posted on social media. Like, Very odd. It's one thing if he did it on his own time and just felt lazy and like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to grab some things to work out in. And that was like organic, which it's still strange, but okay. But then to tell everyone you did that is, again, making it even Man, stranger. For the Cardinals to trade for Josh Dobbs instead of just signing Carson Wentz. That is uh, an indictment on uh, Mr. Wentz. It's not, uh, but this is my whole point. (laughs) They traded for Josh Dobbs, right? They traded for him. Apparently, I think there's a connection there with like their offensive coordinator. He used to be on the Browns or something. I don't know. Anyway. Nevertheless. (laughs) And I agree. But I think that that speaks to what Carson Wentz has become in terms of he has no realistic, like, he's just not realistic. He's done as a starter in the NFL. I mean, there'd be a mirror. It would take for him to like be a backup somewhere. Somehow enter, you know, enter a game or mm-hmm. several games uh, with a chance to take over if like a guy got seriously hurt and was going to yeah. miss like a month or two and he lit it up, which we know that's not going to happen either. So like first thing, you would have to get that opportunity and then he would have to capitalize on it. And, you know, barring that, he's never going to be a starter in the, in the league again, it appears. What do you think is like the most realistic team he, he would sign with at this point? I thought so, it was the Chiefs. But... I know. And there was buzz about that, but they're going with, uh, I believe, Blaine Gabbert is their backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who is Shane like, Beakley or Bouchelle? I think they or cut him. Like he might the, be on the practice squad. Okay. Unsure, but apparently um, he had a pretty good preseason. Like the, he was good in the preseason games or something. Whatever. Does, I don't know. But Gabbard's a great qu- backup quarterback because he knows his role. Like he knows yes. he's the backup and will be help willing to help the starter prepare for the game. And yeah, like, be on yeah. the headset with them and communicate. Like there's value in that. It's not just Madden where you sign the player with the highest rating in terms of overall talent. Like, right. Players have to understand their roles and have to help out the starter. Know your role, Jabroni. And that was part of my thing with I talked to RJ about this with Trey Lance is like I think it's fair like Dak is frustrated that Will Greer isn't around and probably in part because he liked Will Greer in the quarterback room and probably helped him prepare for the game at some level where right. like, Trey Lance isn't gonna be that guy. I'm guessing or probably isn't. Like that's not the same kind of thing. That's not the same kind of dynamic. Anyway, um so you thought it was the Chiefs. I'm trying to think of like I guess, like if if Aaron Rodgers went down for the season, do the Jets do that? Because at that point, you know the Joe Douglas connection there, and Zach Wilson's terrible. So maybe you just kind of like try to do that. Um, I guess if Bryce Young got hurt, in theory, right? Because I'd have to have a list of the backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I just don't. They they switch teams so often. Backup quarterbacks. It's hard to <laughs> keep track of who's where. Like there's there's a lot of times like the Eagles have a matchup coming up, and I'll go. 
I don't know who their backup is. And then I'll go look it up. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, uh, I guess not, though. Just, the Panthers have Andy Dalton, right? So yeah, they yes, wouldn't. right, 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 right. But so I was thinking because of the Frank Reich connection, but I think Frank Reich was too burned by that to go back to it, of course. Yeah. So that wouldn't really, it would have to who's take. The, who's the Bengals backup? Because Carson if Bryce, Boy if Bryce was, Young uh, and Eddie Dalton both got hurt. Then I think Frank Reich might call, well, I think he might call Philip Rivers first, but then if not, they would call uh, Carson Wentz. Who is the Bengals backup? It's Jake Browning and Will Greer. Hmm. Maybe oh, yeah, because right. uh, you know uh, uh, Press Taylor, brother, of course. Yes, head coach of the Bengals. Yes. Oh, duh. yeah, that would be that's, that's a very <laughs> relevant. Where's Press Taylor? Oh, so but yeah, but that would never happen. Press Taylor now is on the Jags, and if Trevor Lawrence goes down, um, I don't think that well, Press think Taylor could... could tell his brother, "Hey, Carson, Carson's okay." Yes, I agree, <laughs> but I don't think. Um, I don't think Doug and Carson Wentz are reuniting at any point. Is there a chance he's just happening. done? He just doesn't play ever again? That's what part of my bet was. That's part of what I was saying. I think he's just done. That's why <laughs> I banked on that. That's, I just, you have to, Jimmy, you have to, you have to learn. I shouldn't be giving you this advice because I'm profiting from the betting in the future potentially, but you can't bet on these losers. Like this is why you can't bet on like, you can't bet on Carson Wentz. When he's There's always the some stage. dumb team that signs the guy like Carson Wentz. You though. can't like, bet on Gannon. Gives him one like, last chance. You can't let these be the guys you're betting on. Don't do that. Yeah. No, don't bet on them. So, um, but I mean, usually I think you have a lot of good takes and you're right about a lot of things, but this is one of the, the I got, got that one wrong. Clearly yeah. I took advantage for a free pizza. So we'll work that out. <laughs> I know people are very concerned about that, but I'm excited. I love a free pizza. It's nothing that nothing that tastes better than a free pizza. So except for, Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com using discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. How about that segue to close out the show? Uh, please check out all of our sponsors in addition to RighteousFelon.com. Also check out our great friends at Wrong Crowd Beer Company, where you can go to Westchester yourself and go there in person. Uh, it's a great time. Or you can find their beer out in the wild. And as Jimmy has said, if you go to somewhere that doesn't carry wrong crowd beer tell them i mean just up. create a big big scene the, the, create the biggest scene you possibly oh, can i don't in the think store. we can legally advocate for this <laughs> i think we're gonna get in trouble if you say that but definitely do not do that do, don't, don't do, do that, that but definitely do talk to them and be like hey like can you get some wrong if you get wrong crowd beer here i will buy it yo I will goober buy it from where's you. the wrong crowd beer <laughs> so let's get that going if you haven't already depending where you are and if you're 21 you know, at least 21 years of age, of course, and drink responsibly, all those good disclaimers in there. Um, if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, who do you want to contact, Jimmy? Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. You can check out our social media handles in the description of this episode, wherever you get your podcast. You can also check out our work, once again, at bleedinggreennation.com and phillyvoice.com. We certainly have a lot of Eagles content going up with the start of the season here, so... A lot of good stuff to read. Other good podcasts here, too, as well, on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. I had already mentioned the mixtape, draft show, uh, Babes on Broad, um, EPA podcast. We got it all going on. And Eye on the Enemy, everything is there for you to enjoy. No shortage of episodes, good content for you coming your way. So five-star reviews, uh, ratings, we preach subscriptions, follows, whatever. We appreciate all of those things. We will be back with you to talk about the aftermath of the Eagles-Patriots game early next week. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N.